The Buccaneers escape Atlanta with a huge win and now sit atop the NFC South. That and more on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome into this live post-game reaction episode of Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listener view every single day. Don't forget you can subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can follow along on Twitter. I am James Yarko at JayArko underscore Bucks. Joined by David Harrison on this live episode. He's at dharrison eighty two. We are your hosts of Locked on Bucks. I am the deputy editor of SB Nation's BucksNation.com. David is a staff writer over at BucksGameDay.com, Sports Illustrated's fan nation site covering your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We are here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers and our every livers. And we want to share our appreciation for your continued support of the show. And one way you can do that is you can become a Locked on Bucks insider where you get news, the inside scoop, and exclusive content delivered directly to your phone, plus one-on-one conversations with me via text message. Join the Locked on Bucks insiders now and be in the know all the time. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Locked on Bucks to sign up. This episode is brought to you by Price Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash Locked on NFL and use code Locked on NFL, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to $100. That's almost as many dollars as Rashad White had rushing yards. And on today's episode, we are sharing our biggest takeaways from the game. We're handing out game balls because it's victory Monday. But first, we are going to give a shout out to some of you in the live chat. Chief T-Bird, Steven, Alexander, Scotty J, Anthony, and David. What is up to all of you? Thank you for coming through. If you're in the live episode, don't be shy. Uh, Talk amongst each other. Please be nice to each other, but also talk to us and we will get as many comments on the screen as we can as we go through this thing scotty j there is no super chat on the lockdown podcast network yet that is something that they are discussing in the meantime if you want to uh share some love to to what we're doing here uh join subtext.com slash lockdown bucks is uh kind of similar but you get uh, you get some bonus content from james jarko from time to time as well we're gonna start off this game or start off the show with uh, our biggest moments from the buccaneers 29 to 25 win over the Atlanta Falcons and and James, my biggest moment in this game, it's it's honestly a little bit hard to pinpoint because I feel like this is a game where you can't really look at one point and say from this point on the Buccaneers just took over and from this point on the momentum was just there, like there was momentum and then there wasn't and then they gave away some and then they got some more back. But I do think that the biggest moment in this game will turn out to be the strip sack by safety Antoine Hemfield. Uh, not calling him Antoine Winfield Jr. He is Hemfield, and he is the only one, which means he's not a junior. He will eventually be the senior if he ever gives birth to a second Antoine Hemfield. But Antoine Winfield Jr., the second of two moments early on uh, where the defense really kind of saved the offense and pulled the offense out of the fire, not that the defense didn't have its own moments in creating some of the early tr- uh, troubles that the Buccaneers found themselves in, but the first moment being Carlton Davis's uh, interception 
of Desmond Ritter, which we'll talk about here later in this segment and again later on in the episode because uh, that was certainly a big moment in the game as well. But the score is tied at 10-10 at the time. The Falcons are deep in their own end. Uh, the Bucks offense, in, in the last four drives, they had a turnover on downs. They had a three-and-out punt. They had a touchdown off of the short field given to them by Carlton Davis and then a three and out in the last four drives. So that's a terrible set of four drives minus, again, the touchdown uh, set up by Carlton Davis. So the defense really was needing to manufacture some of these points. Now, again, the Bucks defense gave away 10 points in the process, right? So uh, especially on that 36-yard touchdown pass from Desmond Ritter to Kyle Pitts, you, you never want to see things like that. But they also assisted in directly scoring or assisted on scoring uh, nine of the Buccaneers' 12 points up to that point once the safety was tacked up on the board. So very important moment in the game. Without that safety, uh, even if Atlanta ends up punting there, which is certainly possible, the Buccaneers are only up two when we get to the final moments of the game, and the Falcons only need a field goal to take a game-winning uh, lead or win the game as the clock is expiring in theory again without that safety who knows how the game goes and all these other things but just looking at the way the game unfolded without that safety the end of the game is much much different the Falcons are in a much different situation and ironically enough given how that defense played the rest of the game there's very there's a very good possibility the young way Koo gets to go out there and try a game winning field goal yeah, that was certainly a, a concern. Uh, you know, young Waku with a shot at at potential redemption there with the way things unfolded. And had it not been for this moment, I would have been in complete agreement with you that the strip sack by Antoine Winfield Jr. was the biggest moment of the game. But to me, the biggest moment was the defensive pass interference, absolutely atrocious defensive pass interference call on Zion McCollum. Zion McCollum was playing out of his mind. And then on on third and seven, up 19 to 10, and the Buccaneers with an opportunity to get yet another three and out, Zion McCollum gets flagged for defensive pass interference when he was going for the football. And he has every right to go for the football. Barely touched the receiver. The receiver just straight up fell down. I don't even remember who it was. I don't think it was London, but it might have been. It could have been Hodge. Um, but it was it was a terrible call. And it gave the Falcons a free first down, a spot foul. And they scored six plays later, thanks to B. John Robinson. He had, a, I think it was like a 30-yard run. And then he gets the three-yard touchdown run. It changed the entire dynamic of the game. Up until the Buccaneers game-winning drive, the from that point forward, the Falcons had outscored the Buccaneers 15-3, to and it completely flipped the game on its head. Zion McCollum had probably his best day as an NFL cornerback, and to throw that flag on him in that situation when, number one, it wasn't a penalty to begin with, but number two, when the Buccaneers defense had done their job yet again to get off the field and give the ball back to the offense. Maybe they score, maybe they don't, but you're going to drag even more time off that clock and the Falcons don't take that momentum because after that, it was just an absolute snowball effect. So that to me was like the biggest moment and, and I would have I would have had to dust off the old soapbox if the Buccaneers had gone on to lose uh, after such an egregious call. But, David, a couple of other key moments. Uh, Carlton Davis interception uh, should have been a pick six. I, I still don't think he was touched after he gained possession of the ball. But whatever, the defense still got a score, so my bold prediction was still almost right. They needed two more sacks. Um, 
the two missed field goals by by Young Way Koo. You you win the game by four points. Koo left six points out on the field there for the Atlanta Falcons. Rashad White with a 31-yard screen, a catch and run for a touchdown, and then another big play from Zion McCollum in this one breaks up a pass, a deep pass for Scooter Scotty Miller and if Miller brings in that ball, not only is he super hype, but now all of a sudden the Falcons would have had first and goal, uh, if not a touchdown, had had Miller made the catch and not been touched. So great day for Zion McCollum. But man, that flag was it, that was as bad as some of the officiating in my son's first hockey game yesterday. Hmm. Yeah, that was that was a bad one. I I can't even. Like even though I wanted to, I don't even want to. But even if I wanted to, I couldn't possibly justify uh, that call. Fortunately, it didn't come back to bite the Bucks in the butt. Um, and yeah, Desmond Ritter not hitting the proper quarter of the field or quadrant of the field, whatever you want to call it, trying to hit Scotty Miller deep. He wasn't the only quarterback that had problems hitting the appropriate quadrant of the field. Uh, Baker Mayfield certainly had some of his issues. We like seeing Desmond Ritter miss them. We don't like seeing Baker Mayfield miss them. But there's some other things that we liked and disliked in this. Buccaneers win coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Bucks, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Whenever the game clock stops, that's time to order in with DoorDash. Why root for your team on an empty stomach? Order on DoorDash and save on football watch party favorites. Order pizza, wings, soda, burgers, all on DoorDash and get it all delivered without missing the game. Today is my stepson's birthday and he wanted a local spot by the name of Eat Rice here in Dayton. So I got my Kung Pao shrimp, my fried rice, my pot stickers, and my egg rolls waiting for me as soon as we are done with the show. Get prepared before game day and stock up, or if you're a procrastinator like me, order just before kickoff, and you'll get your food with plenty of time left on the clock. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. Don't forget to use code LOCK23, L-O-C-K-E-D, the number two, the number three, for 50% off up to a $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. Subject to change, terms apply. Thanks again for making Locked On Bucks your first listener, your first view today and every day, especially post-game, especially Victory Monday post-games every day. We appreciate you coming through as you always do. Come back tomorrow. We'll have more Bucks content. We'll have our stash and trash, which may or may not bleed off of our likes and dislikes. You'll have to come back to find out in, in exact, exactly. But in the meantime, if you need more sports coverage, Locked On is launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every single league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Or after this episode, just hang out a bit. About 10 seconds after this is over, you'll be sent right over to Locked On Sports Today. We're going to go over what we liked, what we didn't like, and James, I'm going to kick it off. And uh, obviously, I liked Antoine Winfield Jr. Again, Antoine Hemfield, there's no junior because he's the only one um, and yes, uh, as somebody in the live chat pointed out, he is not going to physically give birth to anybody. But if someday he becomes a crafty veteran who develops a young safety to become the next him field, then potentially uh, that, you know, 
could be could be, could happen. We're not getting into those conversations on this episode. Um, what I liked about Antoine Winfield Jr. strip sack, obviously leading to the I believe it was Anthony Nelson who got credit for the safety who secured uh, the safety, but also Antoine Winfield comes with eight tackles for them solo. Um, also had a beat on an interception, if not for uh, Drake London suddenly finding a level of athleticism that I've never seen him have uh, on tape from USC or in the NFL. But hey, kudos to him. I'm sure that uh, that Desmond Ritter appreciates the the burst of athleticism coming out of uh, Drake London on that play. Because if not, Antoine's got the interception. He knew he had the interception. If you're watching the television broadcast after the play, he's even smiling and shaking his head, knowing like, oh man, that was that was one for me. And I'm going to take this opportunity to say this: Antoine Winfield Jr. Not doing well in Pro Bowl voting. Oh, Pro man. Bowl voting right now, guys, is fan <clears throat> voted. You guys already know. I don't got to tell Bucks fans this. You already know the Bucks fan base is fairly small. It's an exclusive club because we like it that way. But that means y'all got to get out there and vote for your guy. If Antoine Winfield Jr. has a chance of making the Pro Bowl, y'all got to get out there and vote for him. So I'm going to take this opportunity. I like what Antoine Winfield Jr. did on the field. I hope that you all liked it enough to go vote for him in your Pro Bowl ballot today, tomorrow, and every day until voting closes. Um, yeah, Danny in the chat, I heard in post-game presser that Hemfield isn't in the top 10 of Pro Bowl voting. This can't be true. It 100% is. It absolutely is true, and it's a travesty. It is uh, an abomination. It brings shame upon the legitimacy of the Pro Bowl, which we've talked about for years because Levante David continuously gets snubbed. So there's multiple ways to vote for Antoine Hemfield. Uh, you, if you're on Twitter, all you have to do is type out Antoine Winfield Jr. hashtag Pro Bowl vote. That's a vote. And every time it's retweeted, it's a vote. Uh, and then, of course, you can vote on uh, on the NFL website. But yeah, you guys got to you have to spam the voting like you are a collection agency trying to get money out of somebody just absolutely hammer it my like for this one and i've seen a couple of people talk about it in the chat already it's the emergence of chase edmonds now his stat line isn't going to pop out eight carries for 40 yards two receptions for 18 yards which actually made him the bucks leading receiver at halftime with those two receptions for 18 yards but five yards a carry didn't slip and fall somebody finally found him the right spikes for his cleats but that change of pace Compared to Rashad White, it seems like Chase Edmonds has a little bit more burst right at the line compared to White. White's a little more methodical. He he likes to, to use his vision, wait for a hole to open. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It did against the Atlanta Falcons. But Edmonds is a little smaller and a little more explosive, and that really worked. And it set the tempo. You take a look at the Buccaneers' run game in the second half of this game, and they were just running it down the Falcons' throat. They took a page out of the Falcons' playbook from the first time around and absolutely rammed the ball down their throat with Rashad White and Chase Edmonds. The Bucs rushed for 148 yards as a team. Remember back to game one, the Falcons rushed for 156 as a team. They didn't break 100 as a team in this one. So the Bucs flipped the script on the Falcons, and, and a large part of that, again, doesn't pop out on the stat sheet, but Chase Edmonds was running really well, was running really effectively, setting up second and third and manageable and getting first down runs. Great game by Chase Edmonds. Uh, my dislike for this one, and, and I think somebody or a couple people in the chat probably aren't going to like this one, Todd Bowles, bro. I, I wanted to reach through the screen and strangle him for the clock management at the end of the first half. You have the opportunity to move the ball 
and get the lead. And uh, you have three timeouts in your pocket. Nobody loves not using timeouts more than Todd Bowles. And instead, on a third and three, which again, very manageable, could have gotten it by running the ball, could have gotten it by passing the ball, lets the play clock go all the way down, lets the game clock tick away, and then they're in a hurry to try to snap the ball, and it leads to a false start by Tristan Wirfs, which that is not something that Tristan Wirfs really does. And it turns into a third and eight, and now you have to give the ball back to the Falcons with a chance to double up. They almost did. Thankfully, Young Way Koo missed the field goal. But his clock management was terrible. And as well as the defense played, you would think somebody like Todd Bowles could have game-planned to defend Drake London, who finished with 10 catches for 172 yards and got the two-point conversion. Um, and also, Todd, you, you, you are going to be lumped in with this a little bit, but my bonus dislike, you got to pull Joe Tryon Schwenk off the field. I've tried. I've tried to push this guy. I've tried to cheer for him. What a pathetic effort on that Desmond Ritter rushing touchdown. Dude didn't even try to tackle him. He was just like, oh, please go out of bounds. Like, what is that? So Todd Bowles, uh, it's just continuous defensive breakdowns late in the game that almost cost the Bucks the game and, and just terrible clock management. Yeah, not good. Not good. Um, what else was not good was Baker Mayfield's accuracy. Yeah. Um, Kudos for not turning the ball over, and I and I need to I need to make sure I'm clear on this because we talked about this leading into the game that Baker Mayfield had been turning the ball over a lot lately. So kudos on not doing that uh, against the Atlanta Falcons. Very happy about that, and ultimately I think it helps obviously lead to a win. But for the end of the day, 48% completion uh, rate that is that is absolutely atrocious. Um, in the first half, he was eight for 12. That's 67%, which is Okay, you can live with 67%. You like to be around the 70% 70 mark, but 67% certainly serviceable. Uh, second half, 35% completions. 35% completions. And, and, you know, look, it's not all on Baker. Some of it's on play call, play selection, you know, play design. Some of it's on receivers. There were a couple of drops, um, you know, uh, specifically from Chris Godwin. Even if you add those two drops in as completions or take them off the attempts uh, and don't hold those against Baker, it's a 55% uh, pass completion rate, which is still... Uh, absolutely terrible. Now, obviously, it feels like he did better in the second half because Baker had 49 yards passing in the first half, 95 in the second half. So even though he threw for a much, much lower uh, completion percentage in the second half, he definitely got more yards out of those passes, which you, of course, you love to see and certainly helps the team win the game. Uh, but, you know, going down this road, uh, there, there was someone in, in the live chat who said the Buccaneers are not making the playoffs playing it the way they are. Here's, here's the way that this is really going to work. The NFC South, doesn't have a single playoff caliber team in the division this year. I think that is clear uh, as day. The thing is, they're going to send somebody to the playoffs. And right now, that somebody is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, when you look at these four teams, and all respect to the Atlanta Falcons defense, what they've been able to do this season, I think they're surprising a lot of people. I know that we talked about them heading into the season, and I mentioned this is a very good defense that Atlanta has. I just don't think their offense has the firepower. They've actually gotten better uh, over the course of the season as well. But anyway, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers – are the most talented team in the division, especially when they're fully healthy and they've got all their weapons and they're fully capable of doing what they need to do. They need their driver, Baker Mayfield, the quarterback of this team, to play better. Today, you shorted up the turnovers. Fantastic. We need to get the accuracy back up. The Baker Mayfield that started early on in the season, it wasn't a fluke. He's there. It's possible. Baker Mayfield needs to, I don't know, go on a darkness retreat, do something, figure it out. 
uh, because they need much better than 48%, 55% uh, completion percentage. In the, in, the, in, the, in the playoffs, if they don't get at least a 67% Baker Mayfield, they are going to get run out of the wild card round. And the biggest problem with that is you're going to lose about five or six draft positions just because you won your division and made it to the playoffs. If that's going to happen, you need to make it worth everybody's while. Even if you compete in a loss, okay, at least you went out fighting. But if you get run out of the playoffs because of play like this, it's going to make it feel really bad. And all draft season long, we're going to talk about how the Buccaneers mess themselves up and mess up their future by making it to the playoffs in a year where they got ran out of the wild card round. So absolutely need to see a better Baker Mayfield. Love the no turnovers. Let's see better completion. Let's see more efficiency. And that again, it's not just on Baker. It's on Dave. It's on Chris. It's on Mike. It's on everybody. But we need to see it. Yeah, no doubt about it. And and some of it can be attributed to the offensive line as well. There were opportunities where there were guys open, but the, the protection broke down before Baker could get through his progressions. You and I, even before the show, were breaking down one of those such instances. So, but yeah, again, not a great outing by Baker Mayfield, but the job got done two weeks in a row. Baker has not been great. But the Bucks got the job done. Coming up next, we give out game balls to guys that were big parts of that job getting done. That is next on today's live episode of Locked on Bucks. Price Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America, and they are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. For a Monday night doubleheader, I'm going with Tua to throw for more than 286 and a half yards. Tyreek Hill, more than 108 and a half receiving yards. Derrick Henry, less than 57 and a half rushing yards. Saquon Barkley, more than 0.5 total touchdowns. Devon Achan, more than 0.5 total touchdowns. And Will Levis, less than 210 and a half passing yards. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL all lowercase for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL all lowercase for a first deposit match up to $100. Price picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Wrapping things up here on a live post-game reaction episode of Locked On Bucks. Coming up tomorrow, we stash it, we trash it. Also going to update the playoff and NFL draft picture. Looking ahead real quick to week 15 and what lies ahead for the first place. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, DJ in the chat says, so Kyle was a waste of a pick in the second round. I wouldn't say he was a waste. Um, and I said it when they did it. <laughs> bro um and honestly i feel bad for kyle like we talk about this every year like players that that get passed up in the draft and like ball out somewhere we're like doesn't necessarily mean they would have balled out for tampa i'm not saying that kyle would have balled out somewhere else but i'm just saying he obviously would have had much more of an opportunity to ball out for somebody else so uh you know it, it bites on both ends at the same time you go back and you take a look at the roster that the Bucks had going into that draft, they didn't need anything. They were they were drafting luxury picks. So you draft a guy at the end of the second 
that might be able to turn out to be your franchise quarterback. But if it doesn't work, it's hard to say that it was a wasted pick, uh, honestly. So, you know, th sometimes things work, sometimes things don't. Um, you know, Trask, hopefully he has a, a long career in the NFL. He may not be a, a starter for anyone, but, you know, hopefully he he succeeds in the fact that he not many guys can say that they are an NFL player, let alone an NFL quarterback. And even if he has a 10 year career as a backup, that's a pretty nice decade of work for, yeah, for him. But, Ryan Griffin, my idol. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if I could, if I could be anybody, it would be Ryan Griffin. All right, David, it is time to hand out game balls and, uh, and see who we are saying we're the best players in this game. Drop your game balls in the chat. But my first one is going to go to Antoine Hemfield, man. The strip sack, uh, he should have had an interception. That was negated by a penalty that had absolutely nothing to do with the play. Finished second on the team in tackles with eight, uh, only behind Zion McCollum. And uh, how's, this, how's this for a fun little stat? Antoine Hemfield is only the second defensive back since 2000 with three or more sacks, three or more forced fumbles, and three or more fumble recoveries in a single season. The only other player to do it since 2000, Hall of Famer Brian Dawkins. That's incredible. Winfield is Hemfield and uh, vote him into the Pro Bowl. I, I did see somebody in the chat say that they just voted for uh, for Hemfield yeah. on the the NFL side. So yeah, keep keep spamming that vote because he deserves it. Yeah, I mean for what it's worth, you don't have to vote for every position group. Like you literally go in there, go to the voting site, go to free safety, finance one, click his name, submit your vote. You're good. Like you don't have to vote. You don't have to fill out the entire ballot. Um, Sal, I cannot post your comment for obvious reasons, but uh, we are on the same page, my friend. Dave's game ball number one, because I am I say what the teleprompter tells me to say, guys. Um, Rashad White is getting my first game ball. Uh, if you couldn't tell, I'm not a Florida Gator fan. I'm an Arizona State Sun Devil uh, fan because I kind of have to be. But uh, uh, Rashad White, 102 rushing yards, a huge 31-yard catch and run for a touchdown. Um, I was not in the press box, so I may or may not have been yelling profusely for Rashad White to get his butt over the goal line. Over four yards per carry, 135 total yards. The young man has been balling as of late, and he deserves his flowers in the form of game balls here on Locked On Bucks. My second game ball is going to Carlson Davis, the third, because specifically big brain Carlson showed up early in the game. I mean, that interception on that pass was just the, the broadcast said it, it's all film study. That's all film study. Not only is it film study. But it's trusting your study, trusting what you've seen uh, and making a play. Uh, and, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, again, the contact that was made was made before he secured the pass. Shouldn't have been down. Should have been a pick six. But, you know, that's for another discussion. Uh, he did have some bad moments later. I'm fairly certain that it was either he or Antoine uh, that gave up that 36-yard touchdown to Kyle Pitts. Have to watch the All-22 to confirm suspicions. But my suspicion leads Carlton Davis's way. Still very good game. Um, I love the fact, James, that we're getting a lot of Zion McCollum love in the live chat and, and people are giving him game balls love that zion is one of our dudes so really happy to see zion have a really good game as well yeah speaking of fanhood you all see my illinois block eye behind me uh chase mclaughlin awesome but also shout out to my guy chase brown who i was pounding the table for 
uh, breaking off a 54-yard dump off for a touchdown for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, yeah, Chase Brown finally getting uh, getting some love for Cincinnati, so I love to see that. My second game ball, if I didn't have to go with somebody on the offensive side of the ball, it would have been Zion McCollum. So I'm right there with all of you in that chat. But because I went him field with game ball number one, game ball number two has to go to somebody on the offense, and I'm giving it to Chris Godwin. Not as big of a day as we were hoping for or that David predicted, and he did have some drops, but he came in clutch. Five receptions, 53 yards. He was the team's leading receiver, had 11 targets. But when it mattered the most, on third and 10, with the game on the line, he gets down to the 15-yard line with a 32-yard catch, sets up a Cade Otten game-winning touchdown two plays later. Didn't have a huge stat line, but that target increase all the way up to 11, you love to see that. And it also means that he should probably start to get a little bit more involved as the season goes on. So love to see that out of uh, out of Chris Godwin. Unfortunately, I don't think Mike Evans is going to get to to his career high in receiving yards. Almost had an incredible touchdown. So he needs he needs five touchdowns in the last four games to break his career high of of 14 in a season. And by the way, don't look now, David. Don't look now. But Rashad White is 255 yards away from a 1,000-yard season. Love it. Would have thought that was within reach, given how this Bucks rushing attack has been most of the year. But very quietly, Rashad White has been playing phenomenal football over the course of the last month, month and a half. And a 1,000-yard season is within grasp. Let's go. I know how to kill the Kyle Trask conversation happening in the live chat. Who in the live chat thinks the Buccaneers should have signed Jameis Winston back? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Uh, With that, we are going to get out of here. Make sure that you are coming back tomorrow. Again, stash it, trash it, taking a look at both the NFL playoff and the NFL draft picture and much, much more. In the meantime, follow everything on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82. Join the Locked On Bucks insiders at JoinSubtext.com slash LockedOnBucks and make sure that you are subscribed to the YouTube with those notifications turned on so you know every time we go live. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding victory Monday Stay safe, stay healthy, fire the cannons. Thank you so much for joining us right here on Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 